Hey guys, Abel here back with another video and in today's video I would like to give you an eight-week update on how life is like at this low body fat percentage, roughly 10% body fat or so. A couple of months ago I put out a video where I outlined and explained how I dieted down from roughly 20% body fats to about 9-ish percent body fat and right now I'm hanging around there still. I'm not at my absolute peak leanness, but still I would say I'm at a legitimate 10% body fat. And if you remember, my goal actually was to maintain that pretty much indefinitely. That was my plan. Not that long after that video, I put out another video where I explained how long it roughly takes to settle at a lower body fat percentage and to basically make that leaner physique your new normal. And in that video, basically the short summary was that it takes longer than most people believe and it can take up to two months or more. Now at this point, I have been at this lower body fat percentage for about two months. It's been more than that actually. So what I wanna do in this video is evaluate. Was I just talking out of my butt or did that actually happen? Did I actually settle at this leaner body fat percentage? Is it something that's effortless and something that I feel I could maintain for good? So let's take an objective look at this. I don't wanna BS you in this video. I want to give you the objective reality as far as I'm perceiving it at least. So once again, I have a little cheat sheet here because what we're gonna do is I'm going to go through all the various aspects of my life and life quality and how all these different aspects changed in response to being this lean. And we are going to evaluate all of these things on a scale of one to 10. And then at the end, we are going to aggregate all of that. And based on that, I'm gonna try to give you an objective answer on how sustainable is this for me in the long term. And maybe that will give you some insights as well. And I mentioned before that I want to follow in the footsteps of Mike Isretel, and I wanna come up with a few trademark abbreviations. So he has MRV for maximum recoverable volume. He has SFR for stimulus to fatigue ratio. I have the ETSOYCD, evaluating the sustainability of your current diet. I'm just kidding. So anyway, the first thing that we are going to evaluate here on a scale of one to 10 is appetite management, or rather the ease of keeping hunger at bay. And that is the most crucial thing perhaps because hunger, if it's something that you're chronically battling with, then it's just a matter of time until you break down. Nobody can live with chronic hunger. And I would say that if I keep everything in order, if I structure my life properly, then this is a 10 out of 10. So I have no problems with chronic hunger, which is fantastic. I don't feel like my body is chronically fighting back against me. So that is amazing. However, there is a caveat to this and that is how easy it is to keep everything under control. So how easy it is to set my life up and my meal structure up in a way so that I don't get hungry. And this is where it takes a bit of a hit. And I would say that this is a five out of 10. So my appetite is definitely much larger compared to what it would be if I was a couple of body fat percentages higher. And so I need to eat foods quite high in volume. I need to make sure that I have enough fiber, enough fruits and veggies in each meal. I can't just sit down and grab a couple of rice cakes and some protein source and just move on. No, if I do that, then I will get hungry. If my meal times are not pretty regular, then I will get hungry. 
if I miss a meal, then I will get hungry and kind of lethargic. So these things I have to pay attention to. So when everything is in order, like I said, appetite management and the ease of that is a 10 out of 10. But the ease of managing my appetite is a 5 out of 10. So the aggregate of the two, I would say, is a 7.5 out of 10, which is not terrible, but I wouldn't say it's effortless per se. It definitely takes some conscious thought and it definitely takes more structure and more attentiveness. So the next thing very critical to talk about is sleep. So this is something that anecdotally a lot of people report that when they get very, very lean, then their sleep is suffering. And I can definitely tell when I was at 7% body fat, I slept like absolute shit. And I can also tell you that when I'm nice and fat, I sleep much, much better. This one is a little bit of a tricky one to evaluate because I would say that when everything is in order, once again, similarly to appetite management, my sleep is a 10 out of 10. Like I sleep as well as I ever could. However, there is another aspect here and that is what I would call sleep resilience. And that is how much room for error do I have in managing my sleep and still sleep well. And this is where right now, my sleep definitely has taken a hit because I don't have a lot of room for error. When I'm fatter, I can mess up much more things and I may still get a good night of sleep. So to explain what I mean here, for me to get a good night of sleep, I need to have regular meal times to get a strong circadian rhythm entrainment. I need to cut out caffeine consumption quite early in the day and I cannot have a lot of caffeine during the day altogether. So 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams maybe, something like that. I need to get plenty of daylight and sunlight during the day. I need to block blue light quite strictly later in the day. So I have to do a lot of things and when I do all of that, I will sleep pretty well and it's quite predictable. Now, when I'm fatter, I can afford to be a bit laxer with all of these things. So I can be a bit stupid with my caffeine intake. I can have more caffeine than I know I should. I can have caffeine later in the day than I know I should. And I might still sleep well. Again, I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because my body weight is higher or I'm eating more food and all of that is kind of buffering against all of that caffeine in my system. Who knows? The, the point is, I know that I'm just more resilient. I don't have to be as meticulous with managing everything and I can still sleep well. Right now, if I screw a couple of these things up, I will have a really shitty night of sleep. And when I sleep like shit, then everything else suffers. My energy levels are down, my mood is down, I'm hungrier, my cravings are a lot higher. And on those days, maintaining this low body fat feels just infinitely harder. So sleep management, is just more difficult. When it's well managed, then I sleep well and everything is fine. However, like I said, the room for error, the margins of error are just much, much smaller here. So that's why all in all, I would say that my sleep is a seven out of 10. I think that would be a fair score. It can be higher on some days and on some days it can be much lower. The next thing is energy levels. So this is obviously something again that we have to talk about because if you're chronically feeling like you're a dead man walking, if you're chronically lethargic, if you're dragging your feet, then that is once again not a sustainable lifestyle. To this, honestly, I would give a 10 out of 10. Like I have no issues with energy levels. And this is something that people are very quick to say things like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm dieting and I'm leaner and, and I'm not as energetic. I feel like my energy levels are low now. But 
I don't think most people really have an idea of what it feels like to actually be low on energy as a consequence of being too low in body fat. So when you dig down to a truly low level of body fat, like deep into the single digit body fat territory for most people, then you will actually know how it's like to actually feel like you just don't have enough fuel to function properly. It doesn't matter how well you slept. It doesn't matter how much caffeine you had in your system. Literally just walking around, getting up from the couch, just doing day-to-day -day things, you feel like it's a medium intensity workout throughout the entire day. That's what it feels like to be actually low on energy because of your body fat levels. So I think until you've experienced that, you don't really know what's really causing your low energy. It could just be that you didn't sleep enough, or it could be that you had a big meal and you're having a bit of a crash after that. These things can happen irrespective of how low you're in body fat. So because I have experienced this, I have experienced how it actually feels like to feel like a dead man because I'm so lean and energy availability, you know, a function of the incoming energy from food as well as the energy stored on your body when everything is too low, and you just don't have the fuel to function properly. I know how that feels like. And I also know that I can be quite high in body fat and I will still have days when my energy levels are not super great because I slept badly or something like that. So I have a more objective outlook on this and I can honestly say my energy levels are just fine. So to this, I would give a 10 out of 10. Next thing is, which is one thing that a lot of people talk about, and we have to talk about it when it comes to how lean you can sustainably stay, is libido. How is the sex drive? Now, this one is a tricky one for me, because I would say that for me, this is a 10 out of 10. However, I would not be shocked if someone else with my exact experience would say that, no, this is a 6 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10. So why is that discrepancy? Um, I will try to be transparent here without giving you more information than what you would want. But I would say that my libido is there when I need it. Okay, I would put it that way. I have no issues with a lack of sex drive. However, it is lower than what it would be if I was fatter. And this is kind of messed up actually because I have noticed over time that for me there's almost a linear relationship between how fat I am and how horny I am, which is kind of messed up because most people, when they want to take advantage of a high libido the most, that's also when they want to look the best. So if I was to go to some party island or something and I wanted to hit home runs all the time, then I would probably have to get a little bit fatter or I could go there lean and crisp, but that I wouldn't be so inclined to go for one night stands all the time. But for my current life situation, I'm a committed man. I'm not looking to go around and hump everything and everyone in sight. My libido is perfectly functional for what I need it for. Let's just leave it at that. However, for you, my level of sex drive at the moment might not be satisfactory if you're in a bit of a different life context. So what rating should I give for this? For me, I would say this is a 10 out of 10. To you, it might be a 6 out of 10. So let's just make a compromise here and let's say this is an 8 out of 10, okay? So that was libido. Hope nobody's feeling too uncomfortable here. Let's move on to the next thing and that is mood. So how cheerful am I feeling day to day? And obviously this is something very tricky to evaluate objectively because this is an inherently subjective thing. 
I can tell you this, when I'm at my absolute leanest, like shredded, then my mood is very shit. I'm chronically grumpy, I'm tired, I don't like people, people don't like me, I'm just not a fun person to be around. I can also tell you this, one time when I got a little bit fat and I didn't care, I was eating a lot of food and my body fat was quite nice and high, I was having lunch with my girlfriend's family and my mother-in-law turned to me and said, you know, you look so much happier and so much more cheerful now compared to when you were skinnier and ripped. And the thing is, I know exactly what she meant. Now, the tricky thing about this is it's difficult to say whether what contributed to that was the body fat and the leanness directly or downstream consequences of being that lean, which is you have to be stricter with your food choices. So being in social eating situations is a little bit, if not stressful, it just requires more attention so you cannot relax quite as much. Was it the fact that it was more difficult to control my sleep and I had more nights of sleep where I just didn't feel rested at the end of it, so I was just tired and when you're sleep deprived and tired, then of course you're gonna be grumpier. Could it just be that eating more food and higher calories just inherently makes you a bit more cheerful because you have more of these feel-good hormones like serotonin being released? I don't know, it's hard to tell. But yes, I can tell that when I'm at my absolute leanest, I'm not super cheerful. And when I let myself go a bit, my mood goes up a little bit as well. So where am I on that front right now? I would say that my mood is good, honestly. I feel like I'm reasonably cheerful. I'm reasonably talkative for the introverted person that I am. I crack a lot of jokes when I have a good day and when I'm well rested. Now, when I'm sleep deprived or when I'm hungry, then yeah, I'm not a very fun person to be around, but I think nobody is. And this is not directly related to being lean, is that the things that I have to manage in order to keep my mood up are a bit more difficult to manage and there is less room for error. So because of that, I would give this a seven and a half out of 10, which is not terrible, but it could be better. So the next thing that obviously we should talk about a bit is training performance and the productivity of my training sessions. And honestly, this is something that I didn't even really want to talk about because for me, I would say this is a 10 out of 10. However, for most of you guys, this would be a six out of 10 or a five out of 10. And that is because staying lean, not putting on body fat intentionally, keeping your body weight basically the same, is just not the best way to put on a lot of muscle. It's just not. So if you're still looking to put on a lot of size, you still have a lot of room to grow, you're earlier into your development, then you should be putting on body weight. You should be going through bulking phases. You should be eating in a calorie surplus and accept some fat gain. There is just no way around it. Now for me, I went into this knowing that, yeah, probably this is not gonna be very productive in terms of putting on muscle, and I was okay with that. Not only that, but on a couple of lifts, I'm basically intentionally not progressing anymore because some time ago I made the call that, man, if I keep upping the weight here, eventually I'm going to tear something. So my horizontal pressing is by far my best feature as far as strength is concerned. So I have this plate-loaded chest press machine in my gym. Pure Strength is the name. Probably a lot of you guys have the same types of machines in your gym. And on that machine with an extra pad behind my back for a larger range of motion, I got up to 125 kilos for 10 reps. At that point, I was like, man, 
this is good enough. I don't want to get heavier because I'm going to snap something up. So, you know, I have some limitations like that. So within that context, my training sessions are perfectly productive and good enough. However, for you, this is just not the best way to progress with your training. So honestly, I don't even really want to include this into the overall calculation because it just doesn't belong here. For me, this is perfectly good. For you, you know, maintaining 10% body fat and not putting on body weight and body fat, it's not even something that you should be thinking about if you're still looking to progress with your training a lot. Considering my goals and my life context, my training sessions are perfectly good. I can still lift heavy, I did not get weaker, I'm not regressing, so everything is good. And on the things that I still want to progress, I can still eke out some slow progression, but there is no doubt in my mind that I could progress a lot faster if I was eating more and let my body weight and body fat go higher. And there is one last factor that we have to talk about here. And this is a quite an interesting one. I think this is one of the most overlooked aspect of the discussions around what's a sustainable body fat percentage. And this is one of those things that a lot of people just don't consider when they set goals for themselves about maintaining a certain body fat percentage. And that is just general life flexibility. Obviously, the leaner you're trying to stay and the higher the need to keep a lot of things under control, to sleep well, to keep appetite under control, to keep your energy levels in check, the less flexibility you will have to go out of your routine a lot. So eating out, being outside of your regular food environment, doing things like being out till late at night and messing up your circadian rhythm, a lot of these things you will have to be a lot more on point with all of this. And that means less overall flexibility. And if anything, I would say that this is what takes the biggest hit. So I can still be reasonably flexible. So I can still eat out at least once a week. And when I eat out, I can be quite indulgent. I can eat something that I like. I don't have to ask for the absolute lowest calorie, leanest option on the menu. But on those days, you know, I have to manage my diets for the rest of the day or perhaps even for the next day. So this is something that requires attention. If I had to do this multiple times a week, then that would quickly become kind of a pain in the ass. Now, the thing is right now with my current life context, it's not something that's happening multiple times a week. You know, we are living in COVID land. A lot of these social engagements and the structure of them and the frequency of them is just different compared to how it used to be. So this is not a major problem. However, when every once in a while I'm out of my routine, I quickly get to face that, yeah, life flexibility is just less than what it used to be when I was a bit fatter. And I would say that for the most part, this is just the nature of the beast. There is no way around this. The leaner you're trying to stay, the more on point you will have to be with more things, which will generally mean that you will have less life flexibility. And some people are completely okay with this. Some people just aren't. And both choices are fine. It's just important to be aware of what you're getting yourself into. And this is something that baffles a lot of people who get down to 10% body fat or 9% body fat and then they are looking for the same level of freedom and flexibility that they had when they were at 20% body fat. No, it doesn't work like that. The less ambitious you are about staying very lean, the more freedom and flexibility you have on a lot of fronts. If there is any benefit of being quite high in body fat, it's this, that you just don't have to be very attentive with a lot of things. To a large extent, 
what a sustainable body fat percentage will mean to you basically will be dictated by what aspects of your life are you willing to make compromises on. So how would I rate this for myself? I would say that if 10 out of 10 flexibility is when I just don't give a shit and I just eat whatever I want, whenever I want, I stay out for as long as I want, don't manage my circadian rhythm, none of these things that we talked about thus far, if that is a 10 out of 10, and then one out of 10 is when I'm at my absolute most shredded and I have minimal life flexibility, then I would say I'm at a six out of 10 flexibility. I can still do a lot of things, but it requires more attention. And this basically brings us to the verdict on all of this. So let's add everything up and let's evaluate all in all, how sustainable is this body fat percentage? So first of all, if I aggregate all the scores on all these different factors that we evaluated, we get a 7.8 out of 10. So basically an eight out of 10, which is really not that bad. Eight out of 10 is pretty damn good. And that would suggest that this body fat percentage is maintainable for me, basically indefinitely. And the thing is, do I think that I could maintain this feasibly for the next decade or for life? Yeah, I would say I could. Would I say that this is effortless? No, I would not. So I think there are four difficulty levels for different body fat percentages. So I will use a couple of analogies here. Difficulty level number one for me would be walking from my bedroom to the toilet. And that is something that I would characterize as it's so easy to do that basically I cannot fuck it up even if I really try. And what's testament to that is that I do that every night, basically half asleep, I don't even see anything, it's completely dark, uh, my eyes are barely open, and I can still walk over, take a piss, and walk back to my bed, okay? Even if I really tried, I basically cannot fuck it up. Level number two would be driving your car from your apartment to a grocery store on the corner. So you're driving through an empty street, there are no traffic lights, there are plenty of parking spaces available, no other cars that are coming and going basically, no pedestrians crossing the street randomly. Can you fuck it up? Yeah, I guess you can if you really try, if you close your eyes and you let go of the steering wheel completely. Yeah, you could drive into a fence or into a wall or something like that. But otherwise, it's really hard to get into a car crash or any kind of car accident doing that. Level number three would be driving your car in the city center, in a high traffic city, okay? If you're a competent driver, you can still do it quite safely and it's unlikely that you will get into any kind of car accident. But still, you know, you have traffic lights, you have multiple lanes, you have roundabouts, lots of signs that you have to pay attention to, a couple of crazy drivers, a couple of pedestrians crossing the road randomly, police people lurking around, watching if you're following all the rules. You know, it's a, it's a lot more difficult and it requires more attention. And then the last thing would be driving on a highway at high speeds. This is something which requires a lot more attention and high levels of concentrations at all times. You cannot afford to let your attention slip even for one second because that could be deadly. Cars are driving next to you at really high speeds. If your attention just lets off even for one second, it could be disastrous. Now, if you're a very competent driver, then you can still do this very safely and lots of people do it. However, that is probably not something that you would want to do on a daily basis for a long time. And I would say that this would be the equivalent of 
trying to stay below your comfortable body fat settling range. So on this spectrum, I would say that I'm at level number three. I feel like I'm driving around in a high traffic city. Is that sustainable? Yeah, I guess. I've done that for years. I was driving everywhere. I was driving in high traffic cities at all times, but I don't love doing it. Okay, right now, where I'm living right now, I actually don't own a car. I'm walking everywhere and I'm really glad that I don't have to drive in this high traffic city every day. So uh, this is kind of how I am with maintaining my current body fat percentage. Is it sustainable? Is it something that I could keep doing forever pretty much? Yeah, I really think I could. Am I suffering day to day? Is my body fighting back against me day to day? No. However, it has a couple of downsides. And I think if you listen to what I said so far, it's pretty obvious what the downside is. And that is simply a lessened room for error. Basically, the margins of error are smaller and it's an added level of attention that is just simply needed. There is no way around this and I knew it going into it, but really now after two months staying here, I have a much better insight as to what it will really take for the long term to maintain this. And the thing is, the way my lifestyle is set up at the moment, it's not that big of a deal that I have to have this added level of attention. In the future, it might be more problematic. So for example, the European Championship is coming up in soccer and I will probably want to go out a couple of times a week. I, and when I go out, I will want to have some drinks, some good food. And in that context, it might be more problematic to maintain this. And the good news is, is that it really wouldn't take a lot to make this actually feel effortless. Really, all it would take is just a little bit of extra life flexibility. So if I decided to get a little bit higher in body fat just to make it a bit easier, what I would simply do is that when I go out to eat, I don't modify my diet for the rest of the day in other meals as much or for the next day. I would just go out, do what I do at the moment, and then just kind of go about my day as per usual. And that would probably make me gravitate up slightly higher in body fat, but not a lot. And that's the good news here. So I wouldn't have to go up to 20% body fat, probably not even to 15% body fat. Probably if I just let go of a couple of the rules that I have in place right now, I would just go up to 12, 13% body fat, which is still very lean and it still looks great, which is awesome. Admittedly, I really like how this 10%-ish body fat looks like, and that is why I've been reluctant to let go of it thus far, but I might let go of it in the future. And when will that be? It will be when I want it to be. This is a quote from my mother. My stepfather used to ask her things like, hey honey, uh, when will you do this thing that we talked about? And my mother would half jokingly say, when I want to. So that's kind of how I feel like uh, regarding this whole body fat thing. Yeah, it is conceivable that I will go a little bit higher. Probably I will enjoy this for the summer because I mean, if there is any benefit or if there's any time when there's a benefit of being very lean, it is in the summer and I will probably enjoy it for now, but in the long term, I will just loosen up the reins a little bit, and that will probably feel effortless at that point. But yeah, basically, this is my evaluation of the whole situation. This is how I feel, and this is how life is like at this low body fat percentage. And mind you, we are talking about a legitimate 10% body fat. It's not, oh, I, I have some abs, like barely some blurry four-pack, so I'm around 10% body fat. Like, no, I have some lower ab veins, I have veins on my quads, I'm lean from every angle at all times. Even when I'm bloated, I still have abs. 
abs without flexing, all of that good stuff. And it's awesome. I love the way it looks, but there are a couple of aspects to my lifestyle which make it not effortless at least. So I hope that this gave you some insights. This is how things can change as you get leaner. And also of course keep in mind that this is purely my subjective experience at this body fat percentage. You might have the same experience when you are much leaner than I am or a little bit fatter. Individual genetics, these things change. But this is how it is for me at least and I hope at least it was in some forms informative. So this video went on for quite long, so I will cut it off here. Uh, let me know what you thought about all of this. Uh, subscribe for more content like this. And if you're interested in working together with me, being coached and mentored by me, then check out the show description below. And other than that, thank you for your attention and I will see you next time.